Thanks so much for watching our show. We really appreciate the support. It costs a lot to produce, so we're asking for donations and pledges here on Patreon. Thanks again. Welcome to See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett, and I'm Dr. Brett, and today I'm here with Luigi Mondelli, who sounds like an Italian guy, and his father is Italian, but he's actually Brazilian, and he's a jiu-jitsu master and instructor. Welcome, Luigi. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome, man. So how, tell us, tell us you got, how you got started with jiu-jitsu, and then we'll get into all kinds of stuff as we go here. Um, I think I, I was always into sports first and uh, martial arts, and it took me a while until I could find myself, you know, like doing something that I felt that I could progress and be good at. And um, my mom never put me in any martial arts because I was always a big kid. So she thought mm. I was going to become more aggressive when actually is the opposite totally yeah so i went on my own and uh, i started doing other martial arts um i did a little bit of shotokan um kung fu judo but then when i was about 19 to 20 years old i found jiu-jitsu which is kind of late a little bit mm. and um and then i never stopped since then that's <laughs> so i'm 49 so yeah that's very cool what, what what was it about jiu-jitsu that sort of like grabbed you in a way that the other martial arts didn't well, I was fascinated by, first of all, the techniques, how efficient, you know, they could be. Uh, number two, I, I saw a really component, uh, self-defense component, like in, mm. any other martial arts, but I thought that was really practical. Mm. And because I'm 6'3 tall and, um, you know, I always weighed around 220 pounds or so, I it just felt natural for me to be able to fight on the ground in the beginning it was really a big struggle because as a big guy i didn't move that well mm. uh, but i think it poses some challenges that made me overcome some you know things and um yeah i think it was just part of my maybe feeling that was good for my frame and my body mm. you know you're 220. You said you're six feet or six three. I, I couldn't hear. Uh, six six three. No, I'm two forty. Wow. But, but, but when four. I started, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're all. Uh, we're I've been all more heavier. Yeah, heavier, and then I, I leaned out a little bit. But uh, <laughs> but, but jujitsu has been probably the most constant thing in my life for a long mm. time. And so there's a real distinction there around size for jujitsu. Is that are you in the upper end of the range here for people that are generally drawn to your sport? Actually, I, the beauty of jiu-jitsu that you end up seeing people from all different, you know, body uh, types. And my wife, she's, of course, shorter. She's five feet tall. And for her, um, all the types of techniques that I don't do it, but it works well for her. It really helped her help her fight bigger people. You know, for me, right. um, it, it's just I think it, the beauty, it's how jiu-jitsu can be customized you know, once you have the tools, you know, so it's like having a huge toolbox and you start picking and choosing like which tools you're going to keep with yourself. Um, and it's good to know that you have the whole toolbox in the back of your trunk, but right next to you, you have a few that you're going to use the most. So I think that's how I see jujitsu. 
as far as how it. it I love it. Now, is there any truth to like what we see constantly in like, you know, TV shows and police dramas where the five foot two, 110 pound officer kicks some six foot three, 220 pound guy's ass? Is there validity to that? You know, can you learn Uh, enough techniques that a woman could actually do that? Or is that um, drama? Well, I try to be very realistic. So depending on the environment, I feel I'll give a quick example. There was one time, one guy, big guy, six three, six four. He showed up in my gym, and he had a little bit of an attitude. He was more like, maybe say arrogant, um, <laughs> but he didn't have a proper instruction before he joined us. Long story short, one time he was grappling my wife, mm. and um, and he didn't want to tap. Tap is our, you know, the signal yeah. that we give to each other, right. to that well, we had enough. You- yeah, once you're done. Yeah, and then and she she dominated him on the ground. The guy was a big guy, and um, and of course she has a lot of experience. He didn't want to tap, so he almost hurt himself, you know. And then you could say you you could see that it was it really it was really like okay, a smaller person really can fight a bigger person, you know. Granted that you know the levels have we have to have a disparity of levels where the smaller person. Uh, knows way more than the bigger person, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. They have to know significantly more, I would assume, for something like 80-pound differential, right? Yeah, yeah. but I, yeah. I, I see um, a great potential for sure. You know, it's, I think it's a great self-defense tool for women. Um, but I always advise women and smaller uh, people to think about different tools as well, you know, not just jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and like what else besides jiu-jitsu? What do you advise there? Well, I think it's for anybody thinking about being well-rounded when it comes to self-defense is, well, you should know all the dimensions as far as like striking, have a good base of wrestling, maybe judo. Uh, So now you know more hand-to-hand combat, but also have to maybe adopt the use of different, uh, maybe a blade or pepper spray or something like that when it comes to realistic self-defense scenarios. Gotcha. And what's the distinction between, what are the main distinctions between jiu-jitsu and wrestling? You know, because not everybody knows the the two sports well. Yeah, well, so we could put maybe both in the same category as far as like grappling. So it's like, Mm. you know, both uh, we could consider it as a grappling styles. Um, Jiu-jitsu was created, or Japanese jiu-jitsu, everything started with Japanese jiu-jitsu. And then, you know, we have those variants that came after that. Jiu-Jitsu is pretty much a martial arts. It's a self-defense. It was created, um, like you said, where a smaller person could defeat a bigger person, Mm. Um, right? So where wrestling stops, Jiu-Jitsu keep going. So for instance, there's no pinning in Jiu-Jitsu. There's no winning if you pin someone. In Mm. in a Jiu-Jitsu match, you have to keep going to achieve the better position or control. And your ultimate goal is to submit people through choke holds or joint locks. And right. wrestling, it's it's an amazing tool. I, I see more as a sport, but a, it can be extremely efficient. Um, but wrestling, in my opinion, has some deficiencies when it comes to a complete self-defense package because people don't train to fight when they are on their backs. Got and, it. That makes you know, sense. So yeah. that's the biggest thing. And then a lot of people are like, oh, but I'm never going to be on my back. I'm like, you cannot predict that in the fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so, so true. 
yeah, you can trip and fall. Yeah. Somebody can take you down. So totally. Uh, yeah. So yeah. being well rounded. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You you don't you might not know it because I'm but but I'm an identical twin, right? So. Oh, you know, cool. and, and, you know, so I often say to people, you're looking at somebody who's had hundreds and hundreds of fights, many, <laughs> like even as an adult, we got into some really bad fist fights. And so I know what you're talking about just because so many times when you're fighting, like you, you know, you slip. I remember one time I was in the desert with my twin brother and we were taking, I don't remember, like we had girlfriends and everything. And somehow we were like in our thirties or something. And we got into a fist fight and I was wearing cowboy boots and I slipped and my brother hits me on the side of the head. Well, you know what I mean? While I'm on the pavement, like literally that's wow. kind of, yeah, he was pretty cutthroat. Like in his, in our thirties, my, uh, my twin, twin brother was wall street and very aggressive. And so well, but uh, I've spent so much time, like we did some form of wrestling our entire childhood, even though we nice. didn't do it f formally, you know, the chokeholds and the headlocks and everything, yeah. just because, you know, as identical twins, it's so intense sometimes. Uh, Paul was there. So, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun and not so fun, right? It's kind of uh, a little yeah, bit yeah, of both. Yeah. Did you yeah. have brothers and sisters growing up? I mean, did you? I, I have just one. Uh, I have just one sister, just two years older than me, but nobody in the family so, were into fighting. Oh, got it. So she didn't choke you out, and that's part of the reason you got into jujitsu. No, no. Uh, <laughs> we probably had like some uh, heated argument, argues, but uh, arguments, but never really got into anything physical. And what kind of fighting have you done? Have you is it? Have you done tournaments and stuff in your past? And you know, do you work with pros now? You know, tell us about your experiences. So I was always, um, I well. Let's put this way too. One of the reasons why I decided to do jujitsu was to maybe challenge myself because I, I never saw myself as a competitive person. And in jujitsu, you you cannot blame anybody else but yourself if you lose, you know, and if no you win. To, no one to no. blame. You know, like, <laughs> no, my team let me down. There's no such thing like that. But I played basketball for a long time. And so... It was the one way for me to take responsibility of my results, you know. So mm -hmm. I started competing as soon as I started jiu-jitsu, and I competed a lot in uh, big tournaments, wow. smaller tournaments, and and wow. some I did well, some I didn't uh, do well. Um, I trained a lot, kind of no holds barred, like before MMA, uh, but I had a, a a a corporate job in Brazil, so I couldn't really show up with the black eye and the crooked nose uh, and i got married to really early in my first marriage so i had to balance his responsibilities and passion so jiu-jitsu was probably the last uh the least harmful type of uh fighting that i could engage without losing my job without losing your noodle either right oh absolutely <laughs> yeah i boxed a lot and uh but oh. just like smaller things um events yeah. and um yeah, now I work a lot with professionals or I usually I get kids starting, like kids, say, young adults, um, mm. and prepare them to become professionals. And we and have managed it. And how do you deal with some of the dynamics of, you know, like of the intensity, you know, some of the professionals might have, you know, an underlying rage that fuels them, right? So how do you deal with stuff like that as you're going about training? Well... One of the things I believe is that a fighter should not fight with any feelings involved. I don't know if it makes sense. Like you shouldn't fight um, 
like Hating. Tyson did, you know, Tyson in his day fought with a rage. Yeah, I think he had a lot to let it out, right, from his childhood and everything. Yeah. And I think at least he channeled part of that through his fighting career. Um, so I tell my guys to, I try to work that confidence and assertiveness um, mm. on, on when they are in the cage or, or when they step on the ring. And I tell them to maybe try to empty their minds of any type of feelings mm. so they can see it more as a job with the determination. I don't mm. know if I, I do this right, but I try not to uh, pull much. I try to teach them to use violence of action because you need to be violent to win in a way, but it's the Absolutely. right violence, you yeah. know, so it's, it's not a... Um, I try not to use... Um, rage or anger as a fuel, but maybe I try to get them to establish goals mm. and see each opponent as okay. This guy is just on my way towards my goal. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, what about the guy? What about the guy or the woman that actually is fueled that way? How do you handle that? Because you're teaching like determination and focus, right? Yep. Um, and how to channel that determination and focus, right? When they're fighting. Um, but some people are actually fueled by an underlying, you know, you know, anger or rage. So mm -hmm. how do you handle, how do you handle that as you go about your process of teaching? Well, I had that before where fighters would train really, really well, but they had that thing that is almost like they need to punch something or someone. And right. so legally can do, they, they feel they can do that inside the ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, and most of these guys that I saw didn't do that well because right. they didn't follow maybe a strategy. Uh, they were not so focused. They were over excited, let's say, or over yeah. um, or taken by that rage. So I tried to bring them down a little bit yeah. to, um, again, and turn that, say, type of aggressiveness into more assertiveness if i don't know if i'm saying yeah, that word correctly because absolutely. of my english no and, um, english is perfect dude yeah and, and, yeah and that and that's what i try to focus the most you know visualization uh establishing goals um seeing themselves where they want to be before mm. the fight i i saw your podcast with sean mata and um, you guys talking a little, you, you asked him a little bit of what he does for uh, before matches and et cetera. Mm. So I think like throughout my career as a competitor, I try all different things to mm. um, bring some rage inside of me. So I would go, you know, <laughs> so, and it didn't do that well. Um, I tried to calm myself down too much and I didn't do too too well, well so either right you have to find yeah. that right balance right so that's that's a, what i try to teach them to find the balance yeah, right and take take us through for example a visualization you might give a fighter that's about to step in the ring what are they you know walk us through one of your visualizations just out of curiosity so i try to use more personal anecdotes um when i'm talking to them because i try to uh, explain how i feel and then see if that works for them so for instance um leading to any competition uh at least once a day i try to see myself in many different scenarios but always seeing uh coming out uh with the win so i visualize myself dominating a situation i see myself with my arms raised um i see myself 
uh, maybe struggling on the bottom, say I'm getting pinned and finding the strength to get out of there. Mm. Um, and that's something that really helped me to cope better with losses, uh, mm. just feeling that I gave my all and all of that. So fighting up to the last second, not giving up, not surrendering, you know, in a way. Um, I tell them that every time I, when I get to the venue where I'm competing, the first stop, my first stop is by the podium. And I try to see myself stepping on the first, you know, uh, uh, step there as the winner. So I try to create this mental picture. So when I'm fighting, if I see myself in a not well situation, that visualization, visualization, that picture that I, you know, create in my mind, help me to overcome or at least like fight up to the last second. So I tell them to have short term, mid term, and long term visualization and goals. So the short term is finishing, say, the first match that they have, the first bout that they have ahead, with the arms always raised. Uh, midterm is like they uh, hitting a good event because that's part of, you know, maybe getting a contract. And number three is like, okay, now I want you guys to visualize yourself rich, you know, <laughs> healthy, uh, right? Uh, successful and um, with a good name and still being yourselves and not getting lost within, you know, the, the seducting part of uh, the fame, totally. power, and money. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? That's well so said. That's what, Very cool. yeah, so that's what I try to do. Yeah, so, when, you know, as a sports psychologist, I do a lot of work with meditation, mindfulness, visualization, and breath work. We just, you know, talked about the visualization piece. You walked us through it. It makes a lot of sense. I can see all of that. Very cool. Tell us about, like, the other components here, like the breath. I, I would imagine it's it's, like, super important when someone's, you know, fighting, right? How to handle their breathing. Walk oh, us through yeah. the, bre the breathing components of dealing with fighters. So usually um, there's one thing I, I help them during the warm-ups and uh, it, because I do that together with my wife, she's a competitor too. We do a lot of breathing exercises before uh, our matches in uh, different paces, different um, techniques, let's say. And... Um, but the most important, uh, uh, what I tell my, my fighters, especially the grapplers, is to remain calm and try to be, like you said, mindful as far as like, if they can catch themselves hearing, hearing and feeling how they are breathing. Mm. Because it's really, I think like, it's almost like in the spectrum of hardness when it comes to the fight, well, one thing is when somebody drops, a big guy drops, you know, his chest on top of me and it's constraining my breathing. So then that can start creating some panicking. Panic, yeah, some fear for sure. Yeah, fear and then that constriction. So you start like with that uh, uh, type of shallow breathing, more thorax, thorax totally. you know, chest. So, well, if I'm on the ground, I'm definitely going to try to move so I can have more of my rib cages expanding so I can take long breath. And then usually the breathing help us to, well, calm down in a moment and think more clearly. And um, it's almost like the same components when it comes to anxiety. You know, you, you the doctor, you know way better than me. I don't want to sound, sound like a fool here. No, but, you're awesome. You know. I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm Dr. Plenty. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> no, so I, at least like myself, I always felt like, um, well, 
let's go back. It's like <laughs> at some point, at some point in my life, uh, when I was like 29 years old, I went through some anxiety issues because of a divorce and many other things. So I, I got in contact with this really amazing therapist back in Brazil. And, you know, I started like doing, uh, going for some therapy to help me out. I almost quit jujitsu because I thought I had to quit jujitsu to reorganize my life. And uh, actually, she made me do the opposite to keep going to jujitsu so I could reorganize my life. Nice, <laughs> and, uh, like and it, it really helped. <laughs> and, but a lot of the anxiety, the techniques to, um, to help me with, to be more present in the moment, to, to be more mindful in whatever I was engaging was through breathing exercises and, and just trying to, of course, expand more and have this kind of like belly breathing sort of, right? Yeah, totally. This long breath. So that's what I try to do during my matches. And that's what I try to tell my, my fighters is like, if you feel your, your breathing getting shorter and even more like chest involved and, um, you really need to get a hold of yourself and bring yourself to a, say, lower level of stress, you know, so you can think more yeah, or think better. Sense. Yeah. And then that has to be like on the go super quick. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Now, um, you know, I, I watched, I don't randomly, I watched a little like um, video on Wilt Chamberlain. I don't even know why, but, you know, remember the famous basketball player that got a hundred points in one game and, yeah. and talks about having had sex with 20,000 women in this lifetime or whatever it is. Um, but he talked about how driving cross country, he would just play with his breathing and he would get up to, now I'm not recommending this, but he got himself up to holding his breath for five minutes, you know, at a time he could hold it for five minutes just by practicing on his cross country drives, mm -hmm. you know, to like, you know, build that sort of, ability or stamina do you do anything like that where you actually you know i know there's a lot of techniques around you know belly breathing and stuff but what about the that that stamina of being able to hold the breath for a long time is it the opposite in fighting almost well we really don't want to hold our breath but um but probably that's something that i should maybe think more about it because it might help when you find yourself like uh, not able to breathe correctly. You know, there's some guys that don't even catch themselves, like they're fighting and they hold their breath. Or even when they're going for submission, they just like tense up. And I tell the guys, no, take a one long, deep breath. And as you're choking the guy, you breathe out. You know what I mean? Like, but it, I, I don't know. I felt, I feel like I know it has I've a really done good that with my twin many times. <laughs> but I feel that it's just, uh, it does help. You know what I mean? Um, but that's something that maybe I should look into. You know, I was just curious just because of, you know, like, you know, sometimes when I, um, when I, you know, we're 150 yards here from the inlet. And I'm going to fish this afternoon. I think I mentioned that, right? Uh -huh. I, got some, I got some live shrimp. I can't wait. Nice. When I'm when I'm alone, sometimes, you know what I mean. And I'm just with the elements, and I'm going to be I'm going to be sitting out there at sunset tonight. I play with different breathing techniques just for fun, right? And That's sometimes awesome. You play, you know, just building a little bit of capacity. When I when I swim in our pool, I like to go. You know, uh, it's so cold right now because I don't have it heated but I just do laps underneath, right? And then mm -hmm. I like that feeling of, you know, holding it back and forth. I don't know what it it builds, but it's just a sense that it, it you know what I mean? That there's some value in it. So I was just curious. 
Yeah, I never tried. Um, I I did swim a lot, which is was one of the things I did to help my jujitsu because of the breathing as well too. Yeah. Um, but that's something that definitely I should look into, see like how and, maybe that would, could help. Yeah, and tell us a little bit more about the mindfulness stuff because it's something I, I work on all the time everywhere with all athletes. Thanks for watching See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett and stay tuned for part two of this interview. Remember to like, subscribe, and share with a friend.